Welcome back to the podcast. It's 2024 and this is a new year for us. I'm excited for this new year for a lot of reasons. I think we have a lot of opportunities that are before us here, Uh, but let's go around the room. It's been a little bit of a break. What in the world did you do over the last holidays? It's good to see you guys. Happy birthday, Dustin. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Um, We just recently returned from Virginia. That's where we were at for eight, nine days. See Sharice's family. They all live out there. So that's how we spent our Christmas. So it was was fun and a little crazy. 17 people under one roof for a little over a week, but it was good. Well, I I learned this that it's actually an Airbnb that your in laws have and you stay all together. Is yes. that right? Yep. That is yeah. just like a cool thing. I I don't know. I just I think that's a neat thing that families can do. What'd you do, Brant? That sounds like a nightmare to me. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just let's just let's be just real. How big is this roof? That's what I want to know. Right Seventeen people is a lot of people. That's how many been. days are we talking? About? Uh, yeah, it was eight, eight or nine days. It was a long time. By the end, I'll just say this: I think it was good that everybody went their separate ways, but. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah. We played a lot of Mario Kart, and we finally got to the point where we weren't sick. And so that was fun. We we had a lot of family get-togethers, and cousins played together nicely, which was awesome. And, yeah, I would say Mario was our theme, Mario mm-hmm. Kart. Mm-hmm. Chris, you know. You know, we had a number of Christmases, probably like a lot of you. You had multiple sides of the family. This year we got to have Christmas with our grandson. So it kind yes. of immediate family. That was a new a new phase for the Knight household. Uh, our wedding anniversary falls over this time frame, too. So we were married 29 years on December 30th. Sean and I snuck away to one of our favorite places up north where our cell phones don't work very well. And just had a quiet four days of sitting by a fire napping reading napping going for a walk napping mm-hmm. and uh some more of that so it was just a, a great great break quiet i like that's my kind of break it was quiet well i want to um address one thing i saw a picture you posted on facebook and my son saw it too because he in his mind where you go is silver lake dunes yeah yeah and so uh he was like is he at the dunes yeah and i said no he's not riding four-wheeler or a side-by-side yeah. he is sitting by a fire <laughs> that's right <laughs> sean and i we actually walked out to the lake we're like yep saw it it's cold let's go back <laughs> let's go back inside oh, yeah what'd great. you do angie well i went to a little warmer beach but not really yeah. that warm okay. compared to uh what normally would be right now down in fort myers actually Naples. It was pretty chilly. I would say 67 to 72. Oh, 72 so, is uh, yeah, <laughs> wow. Ouch. Ouch. Awful. Sorry. Mm. Well, it's hoodie weather. And what did yes. you do a lot down there, Angie? Well, I walked a lot. I put about uh, 25,000 steps in a day just oh. because I enjoy doing that. And that's kind of what I do. And I know that many of you have tried to get me as a tennis player into this game called pickleball. And I am converted. I played probably hours of pickleball. She's arrived, y'all. Yes, I have. And Old Cole, person tennis. Yes, it is. Old but the cool thing tennis. is, you have to understand, the kids and I and Dan were there, and they had never seen me so happy, they said, because I have always wanted to go on vacation. We have beautiful tennis courts where we vacation, and I've tried to play tennis with our kids because if you don't know, listener, I was a tennis coach for 13 years. I played at college level, and so I really, really wanted some kids that play tennis and I didn't get one. I got some swimmers. <laughs> I got swimmers, but no tennis players. So Can now you swim? I have 
No. Well, I swim, but no, Don't not that like publicly. that. No. Well, I mean, like swimming, yes, I can rescue myself, but from the shallow end. <laughs> but I am not like my, you know, my yeah, kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, um, long story short, yes, I'm going to go and probably join a pickleball club somewhere. And I've even mentioned that we should start one here in Wakarusa. Oh wow. Well, can you Dustin imagine us? And I will be playing at the tennis court because we're still 35 and under. So I'm, not, I'm not good at ping pong. I can't imagine pickleball. I, and my biggest Tyler and I will be playing at the tennis court. My, my biggest gripe with pickleball is why is it called pickleball? Yeah. Tennis and ping pong, and then pickleball. I don't know who I came mean, up with the name. That's actually a really good question. Okay, I, next I'm, podcast will answer that question. <laughs> I have a hypothesis. Obscure Before we answer names. the question, here's my here's my thought on it. I think it was a physical education game yeah. that some teacher made up, and it became a phenomenon. Yeah. Oh, that's that's, that's my a prediction. smart teacher. That's my prediction. Because yeah. I remember playing pickleball in middle school PE. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Well, see, mm-hmm. I kind of think that we're going to do this at, at some like point. We're like going to buy like me. a little net that sets up and we're going to say anybody in. And Does, does this podcast good. have fact checkers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seems like something a teacher would say. Somebody's yes. looking it up right now and they're like, Brant's a smart guy. That's well, here's happening. the deal. This is one of our favorite days of the week to get up here in this room and um, hang out together and catch up together. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. And it's and, and as Brant already alluded to, it's Dustin's birthday. Dustin's the big three five today. He can he can officially be the president of the United States. Of I could. Yeah. I'm gonna choose to sit this one out, but I could just knowing that I could. It's an exciting feeling. <laughs> Even in 2024. Yeah. There you go. You're growing up, Dustin. What's your yeah. slogan? Uh, <laughs> what are you running on? What can, what can you promise Dolphins. us? <laughs> I feel like if I got up there and said nothing, I'd actually be more like than some of the guys we got. You know now. what? There's so. so much wisdom in that. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Dustin, what do you think about Just that? Pass. pass. Smile and wave, boys. <laughs> Smile and wave. Uh, hey, Angie, uh, let's jump into today's topic. We're, we're talking, you know, this time of year, we get a lot of New Year's resolutions. A lot of people are making decisions. What do I want to set my mind to this year? And many times that trails off very, very quickly. Yeah. So in the fact checkers that we have out there, there is some facts that only about 38% of people make New Year's resolutions. Do any of you guys make New Year's resolutions? No? Yes? I used to, and Francie won't let me anymore because I was a part of the the remaining percentage that did not follow through. Which is only about 9% of the 38. So that's a pretty minimal, if you look at the overall population that keep New Year's resolutions, it just doesn't happen. And really, I like this fact that most of the time you get to a Friday, and what if you've kept it for about four or five days, what's the day you're going to give it up? Cheat day. Yeah, Friday. You're going to give it up on a Friday. So here's the deal. We all know that we have this idea, this goal out there. But the reality is that we set goals, but it always seems to somehow be hijacked. And sometimes we hijack it in different ways. But the the thing is, is it's actually putting it into action and doing something for yourself, taking responsibility for the goal, not just setting the goal, but taking responsibility to get to the goal. So we're going to have this concept we're going to talk about today, and it is drivers and passengers. So when you think of a driver and when you think of a passenger, I want to ask, it's not just like the literal sense of driving down the road, but it's more of a life concept of um, taking um, your life and making uh, kind of progress on this journey of life. How would you see that, uh, Chris, as a driver? If I'm driving, I'm in control. 
and uh, I'm going where I want to go, how I want to go, at the pace I want to go. You can, maybe this is this is the way I think about it. Uh, you ever drive to, like for us, we used to drive to Florida or to, to Iowa to see my in-laws, and uh, I'd be tired at a certain point in time, and I would say to Shauna, hey, you want to drive? Because I'm really tired. But as soon as I gave up control, I couldn't fall asleep because I, I still wanted to be in control. So I don't know what that says about me. Uh, but the idea of driving is in control. A passenger sits back and lets it reacts, just goes along with the flow. That's right. how I picture it. Right. What's another concept, Dustin, do you have of kind of a passenger mentality in life? Yeah, really. I mean, as you're talking about, you, you are the one that doesn't have the control. I mean, you, you really are kind of at the expense of what's what's going on of the of the surroundings. And so you in that role you're you're more keen i think to the what's actually happening some of the mistakes that maybe the driver makes or doesn't make you know and and things like that so i think it's easier to be kind of observing and to be judgmental that kind of a thing yeah well brant you've been in the classroom a long time and so you've seen kids you've seen adults parents and all of these things and so i want to just give your give me a perspective of how you see this playing out maybe in families lives of how drivers and passengers um it's not just a concept for an individual but for a family yeah i mean kids are kind of forced to be passengers in a lot of ways right they go in the direction at least when they're young they go in the directions we're leading them Um, and then as parents we we get to share responsibilities and there's times when we're driving and there's times when we're we're along for the ride i I was thinking as you were talking i was laughing a little bit because i was thinking i was picturing francie when i'm physically driving a car we get lost all the time like all the time or i miss an exit and Dustin's making wow. a face like he understands <clears throat> wow. that that's probably true. But we and she laughs at me and then she starts like saying things like this happens all the time. And then I get upset. <laughs> and then the boys are in the back and they're like, it's OK, dad, like it'll be all right. And my mom's like or Francie's just like dying laughing. She can't hardly talk anyway. So that's the picture I was I was having in my mind. I always want to have control. And so I'm always driving. And I'm talking about driving in a physical car right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and my family is always left to be the passengers and they don't have control and they can respond in a couple of different ways, right? They can encourage me while, while we're driving. Uh, they can laugh at me, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is the, the strategy Francie takes. And, and, or they can get mad. And I think that applies for, for students, for kids, for parents as well. You know, some things are out of our control, but our response to those things is always in our control. You know, if you even look at this through a leadership lens, uh, a leader, driver, that type of a personality, I think it's really easy sometimes for followers or passengers or those who are not involved in that leadership moment uh, to blame, to to say, well, I would do it differently. I wouldn't do it like that. This isn't my fault. I, I, I want it like this. And then it's interesting when they find themselves in the driver's seat, all of a sudden reality changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's different. Mm-hmm. What do you think when you hear about this, Angie? Well, one of the things that I want to um, kind of center in on is that a driver is actually responsible. It's mm-hmm. the person that's responsible to getting to the destination. And so we can take this in a lot of different directions and say, well, you can be a, even a driver, even though kids are sitting in classrooms, being led by teachers, being led by their parents, being led by other um, coaches or other things, they can still lead themselves. 
And that's the whole deal where you take this idea of a driver and a passenger and you apply it to you and in self-leadership, you're going to take the initiative. You're going to go and you're going to steer towards something and the end goal. And so we're going to kind of talk about what these three, we're going to talk about three different ways that we can actually guide ourselves Mm. as a driver and not just um, being a passenger in life, letting life happen to you. Because I don't even think that as adults, we think about this much, you know, so we don't just step back and reflect well, what are things that I can control? Mm-hmm. What decisions am I actually making to take responsibility for rather than blaming, well, McDonald's didn't give me my coffee, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I make my coffee at home. I'm just saying that's a, just a simple e- example is that passengers do blame others, mm-hmm. but a driver takes responsibility and leads themselves. So our first concept we're going to talk about is our mindset. So if we go into um, a lot of things in life, what is a bias that we often have it's pretty what negative right Mm -hmm. we go negative pretty fast how do we how do we look at life and drive ourselves what is the most single big factor that you guys think dustin what is one of the most biggest factors you see to having control of your mindset and moving forward in the right direction yeah, I, I mean, I really do think it's a choice of, of attitude. I mean, because when you, a lot of things are going to happen that we can't control. We all know that. I mean, with family, with just, with job stuff, just life in general, as you go throughout your day, there's going to be things that happen that you were not planning on, that you weren't expecting, that just that just happen. And so I think Brant was hitting on a little bit, but just the, the idea of how we how we respond in those moments. And yeah, we can we can be negative and we can, you know, and we may have every reason to be upset about something, but I think choosing to be, positive choosing to have a a good attitude and things like that happen is going to go a long way and it says a lot about us because there's not a lot in life that we can control but we can control our attitude and our effort and so i think when we think about the things that happen in our attitude that goes with it especially as we talk about like just in relation to being a a christ follower what that means and how that's going to portray us to other people you know when they see us like man that doesn't you have every reason to be upset and you're not why are you not upset or why are you responding like that gives us a good opportunity you know, did you guys watch the national championship game last night? Dustin, you did. did. Until about 1030. <clears throat> I did not. Well, sorry. I didn't watch the final. QB1 did not watch well, football. I mean, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was the story that they kept referring back to, the hardballs. And it was Jim and John's dad who would often say something to the effect. And do you remember that line exactly? But it's something like he would he would say something to them to the effect of, "Does anybody have it better than us?" or mm-hmm. something like right, that. Right. And uh, so whether it was going out to, I think they said, "Hey, we're going to go shovel snow today." Wow, does anybody have it better than us? You know, right. No way. That idea is a mentality. It's right. a it's a it's we're going to choose to see even in the things we don't really want to do right now. We're going to change our attitude. And come into it with a mindset of positivity. Uh, I think that was really, that, that one stuck with me, even as I was knowing we were going to talk about some of these topics right. today. That stuck out last night. There was a podcast, and it was like a Joe Rogan or something like that podcast. And he was saying that one thing that's ingrained or ironed in his memory is a, a motivational speaker that was talking about all these negative things happening to him in life. And his response to every negative thing that's ever happened to him was one word, and it was good. And it was all about this idea of, I'm glad that happened because now I have the opportunity to do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't get that job? Good. Now I know there's something better out there for Interesting. me. Yeah. Oh, this thing happened to me or I lost a parent or something. My, my kid broke his arm. Good. Now he has the opportunity to face adversity. Mm-hmm. Everything was flipped 180 degrees 
by saying one word and changing his mindset completely. Yeah, it's that idea of the kind of the why or versus the what. Like when something happens to us, a lot of times we say, why? Like, why did this have to happen to me? Or why is this happening? Versus like, okay, what is it that I need to be learning from this? Or like, what is it that God's trying to teach me in this? Right. Okay. right. And that's the whole idea that you're choosing not to blame somebody else. You're choosing to say, what can I do to make this positive? How right. can I look at this in a different way? That mindset? is a hard shift. Yeah. It is. To it's make huge. in our minds. And yet at the same point, the own, with so many things that we can't control in life, it's the only thing we really can control is how we react. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I think it's really important that we teach our kids this really early because this is important when they're like six, seven, eight, nine years old and mm-hmm. just experiencing life and hard things. And, and well, it's negative. I don't like this person or I don't, you know, everything's negative, but it's, not the other person's fault. It's, hey, what can I do to make this better? How can I become a better friend? How can I become a better sister or brother? You know, one thing that just came to my mind when we're talking about passengers and drivers is our family services that we have here at Walking MC where um, the kids sit with their parents. And that's something we've chosen to do here at Walking MC is to have these family services to give our volunteers a break, but also to allow the kids to be integrated into our worship experience parents at that point in some regards at least i feel this way maybe everybody else feels differently but we lose a sense of control um there's so many things that our kids do in front of others that are just acted on impulse and we're like why did you do that now i've lost a little bit of control and respect and i'm nervous right and and we create that mindset though is ingrained in us if we're not driving this and, it, and we're not driving it perfectly straight, others around us are, are judging and they're looking at us and we're losing um, respect. And, and it's hard to sit back as a parent and not have complete control in that scenario. But I think what we're saying here is our, our mindset has to change. What are the, the goods in that? What are the, the wins in that? You know, we had a family service uh, for Christmas Eve and our kids came came home and they wanted to turn on worship music and, and actually worship in our living room because they experienced that with adults in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, another win is they're repeating back some of the lesson they learned from the pastor on stage. So even in the midst of the chaos and maybe the things we missed as adults because we were worried about their actions, it was actually a positive um, but our mindset wasn't right maybe in the moment. Yeah. When we, when we change how we think, it changes how we live. Yeah. And, you know, when we actually do that, right living comes out, not only in um, as a disciple of Christ, but in general, it helps us handle the, the hard things, the difficult things, which gets us to the next point into um, this, is that we're going to talk not only about our mindset, how we can look positive, but there's this word, and we don't use it very much, and I wanted to use the word fortitude. And so many a times, I think we we kind of say, oh, let's do hard things. That's kind of maybe how we say it, like a hashtag, you know, hashtag, hard things, do hard things, or let's, let's, let's push through, let's have courage. Mm-hmm. But all that is actually what fortitude is would you agree chris definitely when the going gets tough the tough get going i know that phrase yeah yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. right i mean in a lot of ways that's the fortitude (laughs) i like to think when the going gets tough i go to the garage coffee shop and drink coffee (laughs) (laughs) just calm i take a break yeah calm it down take a break well fortitude is a a really critical characteristic that should be applied to our life right and what if we even put a word in front of that which is persistent or consistent fortitude, Mm -hmm. because that's a part of 
when we get into situations and it's hard, how many of us just want to pull the easy, push the easy button, pull out and say, I'm not in, I'm not in this relationship. This person's too hard to deal with. I'm not in this, you know, situation because what, well, I don't really like this idea or I don't like this opinion of this, you know, that kind of thing. And so you just want to pull out, but consistent and and, um, persistent fortitude, that's a whole different mentality. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. You fight for what matters, you know, in your life and the things that do matter, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to fight for, and you're going to put forth that effort and energy towards. So whether it's, you know, your family, your beliefs, whatever it may be, I think that's the, the mindset and the attitude you have is when you do, you face those hard situations or circumstances that you just get to a point where you're like, you know what, I, <laughs> as hard as this is, I know that I have to keep, I have to keep moving forward. I have to, you know, and I, I think that's why it's so important to surround yourself with people that maybe have gone through similar situations or to ask for help, you know, and it's not a like I'm I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps kind of a thing with like mentality of like isolation or I can do it on my own. But it's this idea that like with the help of other people, you know, that that really I, I can be OK, you know, and like even though that this is happening now, that doesn't mean that this is going to be happening forever. And it's a hard it, that's a hard thing to, I think, get a place to get to in your mind when you're right in the middle of it, you know, it's cause we've gone through several situations where I'm like, man, I, I don't see an end to this. And as much as I've been on the other side, trying to encourage the person in that situation, I think it's good to be able to reach out and say, I, can you give me some perspective? Can you help me so that I can keep fighting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perspective is such the key, isn't it? We act like nobody else has ever been down this road before. Uh, I tell the story at different times on a Sunday morning, but when I, I had the experience to be in Africa and every so often in Nigeria, we would get pulled over and uh, somebody would just jump out in front of our van or throw something in the road, make you stop. And then they would point AK-47s at us and start talking in a language I did not know. And I remember sitting next to the the guy that I was hanging out with on this trip and who was Nigerian. And I said, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you do this every day. And he said, you know what your problem is? And I thought, oh, this this is going to get good. Yeah, tell me what my problem is. He says, you Americans, you're always praying for peace and protection. We don't understand what that looks like. We just pray for boldness in the Mm. face of these types of things. And I thought, wow, that is perspective. That Mm. is fortitude. Mm. Because we act like, I'm offended. You know, it's my American right to not have to face anything hard. Mm. That's not... That is not life. That is not reality. But we act like that is our mentality. Right. And I and I want to throw this um, out to the listeners that are parents. This is really hard to teach your kids, and but it's so important. When I say this is because, you know, a lot of times right now, um, you know, Cole, last night, just for reality's sake, we sit down at the dinner table and Katie's over doing a whole bunch of um, homework. And Cole looks at me and goes, I don't have any homework. Isn't that awesome? And I'm like, well, it is, but uh, why don't you have homework? Well, um, she's taking the AP class and I'm not, you know. (laughs) And I only say this is that the reality is, is that our kids often choose the easy way. And Cole's not choosing the easy way. That's just where his track is in school because, you know, they tell us all what to do and when to study and all that. But the idea is that we have to ingrain in our kids to choose the hard. And that 
is well, really hard. And parents have to allow that to happen. I, on our break, I was reading an article, and it was something to the extent of this, where um, it was talking about how college graduates are having a harder and harder time getting jobs because some of them have their parents going to the interview with them. And I said, you cannot be serious. And I'm reading this, and I thought, oh, can you imagine a parent going to an interview with, you know, I just want to talk about my kid here and let you know. And But that's the mentality. I have to bubble wrap my child and not let them experience anything hard. Well, they don't ever develop fortitude at that particular point in time. They don't develop the resilience mm -hmm. that's required. Yes. I think we're doing a huge disservice. Yeah. Well, I also think it depends on the kid too. Like every kid's different. And so as parents, the deal is you have to be able to, they have to be able to absorb the hard and actually learn from it versus like be destroyed by it, you know, mm -hmm. because there's a difference. Some kids do get destroyed by something that's, that there is maybe a beyond their understanding. So mm -hmm. I think as parents, we have to have discernment and allow the hard to happen mm -hmm. and not rescue, but also allow them to choose some things that are hard to do. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the idea of like not just pointing out the problem, but actually offering mm -hmm. a solution. Because I think sometimes when we talk about with our kids, hey, well, life's not fair. And then that, that's the only lesson that they're understanding is like, the, well, then they are going to be bitter towards some things that happen to them. But if you say, you know, you're able to explain every situation to them and how it doesn't always pan out. And this is, you know, maybe this is why or this is why not. And I think that will help them. Have you guys seen the movie about Serena and Venus Williams, the tennis movie? Mm -hmm. This really has me thinking about that movie a lot because the whole movie, so we didn't know anything about it before we started watching it other, other than it's a story of, we're more familiar with Serena Williams. Mm -hmm. And most of the story was about Venus. And at the end or near the end, um, their dad, who was, who was primarily their biggest supporter in a lot of ways, um, and their mom in a lot of ways going through this journey and getting them connected to the right clubs and, and with the best coaches, um, the dad is looking at Serena, who's kind of left in the dust in a lot of ways in this movie. And he goes, Venus is going to be the number one tennis player in the world. But then he gets down on our level and he goes, but you're going to be the greatest to ever play. And essentially what he's saying is Venus couldn't have been in your position right now and, and handled this situation the same way you are. But because you're mentally here and this is your mindset and this is how god made you and this is how you're built you'll take this and you'll you'll use it for motivation and energy moving forward and you'll be the best there ever was and that that just really spoke to me in that moment it goes right along with what we're talking about yeah no that's awesome thanks for sharing that in the last point so here we are we've talked about our mindset we've talked about our fortitude there's those are both things that we can change but sometimes there's things that we can't change and that is our mistakes. Mm. And actually how you change a mistake is owning it, being responsible for the mistake. And so I think to lead ourselves better, one of, this is probably, I, I put this last because the other two, we can easily sometimes say, hey, yeah, I can get a, you know, work harder and do harder things and I can be positive. But owning our mistakes, that's a big deal. What do you guys think? It's so prevalent in the world that we're living in right now, especially when it comes to like sports. This is the, I mean, kind of the winding down of the, the NFL season. And so you see a lot of guys getting coaches and general managers getting fired and players being whatever released. And it's, you hear a lot of interviews and they ask, Hey, what, what happened? What went wrong? And there's a lot of times where guys will, you know, well, this wasn't right, or this wasn't right, or whatever, you know, they blame shift. And then there are those guys who do, they kind of stand up in front and say, yep, this falls on me. I mean, there's nobody else that I can look to other than myself. You know, I've got to 
look at myself in the mirror and fix what I need to fix. And again, a lot of times it sounds cliche, but I think unless you're able to do that and you're able to own it and you're able to recognize your shortcomings, not just recognizing your shortcomings, but actually looking forward and say, okay, because these have happened, I don't want those to define me, but I also don't want to continue to be the person that makes the same mistakes over and over. So, I mean, that's, I think that's important. And that's, it's always interesting to kind of see these guys do that this time of year. Requires humility. Uh, but at the same point, I think when we own our mistakes, grace is extended to us in ways that it wouldn't be if we felt like we were denying that we ever made the mistake. I think people keep pressing on us. Well, no, I'm telling you, that was wrong. You did that wrong. You did it wrong. I own it. I own it, and I want to live in it, and I want to get better. Help me. And I think we'll find people often do that. Right. I think that builds trust with people because when you're vulnerable and when you're open and you say, you know what, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm willing to work towards figuring it out. That builds trust with somebody and they see that. And as a leader, as a parent, I think it's huge with our kids. I mean, how many times, Chris, have we had to say, I'm sorry, guys, at least with my kids, I had, I've had to do it. I'm sorry, guys. Shauna could have done that better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Play the other. Yeah. No, but I do think it's, I think that's uh, just a reality that we, have to own our mistakes to be who you know God wants us to be and be better and to take the ownership and the responsibility for our life as a driver. So as we wrap this up, as we go into 24, I think sometimes we can make easy, easy um, baby steps is what I say. When I say easy, a baby step isn't something that you're doing, you know, like making, oh, I'm going to write this huge goal down and I'm going to get to this point by March of 24 and I'm going to do this. But maybe it's just simply taking one thing today, one thing today that you would have easily had a negative mindset and say, I'm going to change it to be positive. Would you agree? Right. It's the idea that our days aren't necessarily filled with the three or four big choices we have to make, but it's the hundreds of little ones that go, you know, a long Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. Hannah Bruncher would say, don't ever discount the first mile. If we look at it like a marathon, don't ever discount the first mile. It's, it's important. It's your first step. It's your baby step. Yeah. The baby step that takes us into this new year. Chris, what do you think about, um, us as a individual, but also as uh, parents, as a church, and we go into this new year to have these concepts kind of go before us. I think you even shared a little bit on Sunday, um, about knowing and doing. And I think the doing part is kind of key. Yeah. I think, I think we know a lot of things, but I think our actions don't match what we know. And I think mm-hmm. this is this goes right along with it. It's taking responsibility for the things we know and actually making them flesh out in our actions. I think it's a really good topic. I think it's something we can honestly focus on for 365 days in 2024. Uh, and I think we would look back, if we really started to take some of these strides, I think we would look back and see that we've come a long ways if we would apply a lot of these principles to our life. You agree? Mm-hmm. Yes, agree. Yeah, well, we want to thank you for taking time today to join us on this latest episode. I'm excited about 2024, you guys. It's going to be a great year. And uh, we hope that you stay tuned with us. The podcast has some different things coming in this year. And uh, we're looking forward to our latest episode uh, dropping here soon. And uh, keep, in, keep in touch. Keep in touch on social media. Watch for these to drop. Share them with a friend. Uh, as a church, I'm excited for where we're heading in 2024. If you don't have a church family and you live in the Walker 
Bruce area, we'd love to invite you to Walk Roots Missionary Church. We want to walk with you. We want to help you on this journey. We need help and we want to help others. That's about this journey of following Jesus. And so if we can be a part of your life, let us know. We would love to partner with you. Until next time, we wish you all the grace and peace the Lord has intended in your life.